0: Is the Federal Reserve federal? What is BRICS, FedNow, and FedCoin? What is a CBDC? And how does all of this tie into Bible prophecy? Today, we are joined by financial expert Dr. Robert Costa to uncover how these federal financial services plan to control every aspect of your life. All this and more on End Time. Welcome to the End Time Show. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. Today we're talking about a number of different things. I'm hoping to get to the bottom of the truth behind the Federal Reserve and all of this, so we'll see what happens. Doug and I are very excited about today's show because we're, um, we're we're joined by a very special guest. He is my friend, but also there's a lot to say about him, so let me take a deep breath here before I tell you all about who he is, and then he can come back everything I say up. Uh, so you're, you're going to want to stick around for this one. But uh, Dr. Robert Costa Jr. is a graduate of Suffolk University's School of Business where he received his degree in accounting, magna cum laude. He's a bivocational ordained minister and businessman. He started a secular career with the world's largest CPA firm, Arthur Anderson, where his clients included Fortune 100 companies and their executives. He later became a vice president and chief financial officer of two banks, and after leaving banking, he became the managing partner of his own boutique CPA firm, which, amongst other sectors, serves primarily nonprofits in some of the largest churches and ministries in the United States. He was the dean of the Business and Leadership School of Destiny Christian University, which awarded him a doctorate of divinity, because why not? Uh, he is or has been a licensed CPA in multiple states, as well as a, uh, as well as a chartered global management accountant, He is a fellow in the Michigan Association of CPAs and the American Institute of CPAs and wrote questions for the global business section of the Uniform CPA Examination, which is the hardest professional exam offered in the United States. And his proudest accomplishment is being married for 36 years and a father of two and grandfather of three so far. Man. You need Ooh. a drink of water after that. <laughs> well, I would need a gallon of water if I really told everybody <laughs> about him because there's yeah. so much more. But he's going to prove it to you. We're going to talk about a lot of things today. And uh, Dr. Costa, welcome to the End Time Show. We're so happy to have you. Thank you
1: so much. Glad to be here.
0: Well, where do we start? You know, a lot of people ask us about the Federal Reserve. I know we're going to talk about BRICS and FedNow, Fed coin. Uh, what's your take on the Federal Reserve that you can, I guess, say publicly?
1: Well, the Federal Reserve, and uh, I. let me just uh, get you a You got, got your things. Alex
0: Jones notes there ready to go? <laughs> yeah, no, I was prepared to talk about BRICS first. I'm sorry. It,
1: no, that's okay, and as it ties into the Fed. But um, the Federal Reserve, as I'm sure your listeners know, is a quasi- uh, political uh, entity. It is. It is not officially a government entity because when it was formed, under somewhat controversial circumstances, as documented in the book *The Creature from Jekyll Island*, uh, when it was formed, it was the concern was undue political interference with monetary policy in the United States of America. And the Federal Reserve is our uh, central bank, if you will. And what that basically means is it regulates uh, member banks. Uh, Your banking institution may be regulated by the Federal Reserve. Um, And yet, ironically, it is not regulated itself. It does not have an audit or any significant oversight. Uh, It is also in control of monetary policy, meaning that it's responsible for printing money, issuing money essentially, and it directly controls our nation's interest rates. So understating its importance would be really difficult. It is the bank of last resort, which literally props up our entire economy here in the United States.
0: That sounds frightening.
1: (laughs) It's a lot of power uh, aggregated into one entity. Um, Of course, most of the major countries of the world have a similar central bank. So I suppose there's another system, but we could debate whether that would be better or worse uh, everybody seems to have a central bank and ours is called the federal reserve. Mm.
0: Well, I know we're going to talk about Fed now later but uh, switching gears to BRICS. We get questions all the time uh, lately about what is BRICS. Um, and we're not talking about how people what people use to build homes. So <laughs> what in the right. world is BRICS? Help help an average guy like me understand that.
1: Well, BRIC was an economist's term for a grouping of world economies, primarily in the Asia Bloc, and BRIC is an acronym, B-R-I-C, for the original members of this group, namely Brazil, Russia, India, and China. In 2010, South Africa was added to the BRIC nations, making it BRICS as of 2010. When we think about BRICS, it's a significant grouping because right now BRICS encompasses 27% of the world's surface, land surface that is, 42% of the world's population 25% of the world's economic output, which all three metrics are bigger than the U.S. or the EU, just for perspective. Wow. It's um, a geopolitical rival to the G7 nations. It was basically designed as an anti-Western and specifically anti-dollar group which is looking to essentially replace the U.S. dollar as the world's trading currency.
0: Hmm. Well, Doug, I know we're going to have a lot of questions about this, and we're coming up, coming up, on, the, uh, up on a break here, so I don't want Dr. Costa to get too far into right. his next thought and then have to cut him off. Of course, we don't like having to do that ever, but right. um, it's Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. He mentioned the dollar. Um I know there's some mark of the beast implications here that we're going to get to here in a little bit. With 30 seconds left, why should people be
2: excited about learning more about this stuff? Well, I mean, we're hearing more and more about it. We're hearing that, you know, this is an attempt to crush our economy here in the United States to move the world off the petrodollar and all those things. We know in the past that's caused wars. We know there's a big war coming, the sixth trumpet war, and also like you said, we know the mark of the beast is coming. So all these things are implicated there and we need to understand them more. I'm glad we've got him on here today because already, I need to understand it. Now. Mind blown already. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's
0: more to come. You need to know about Fed now, Fed coin, BRICS and a whole lot more. So don't go anywhere, we'll be right back with Dr. Costa after this short break. <music>
3: Die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time.
0: Now streaming on Intime Plus and available to order at intime.com slash UET. Go to intime.com slash UET or call 800-END-TIME.
3: Are you ready for an extraordinary journey to the region that is the focus of more End Time Bible prophecy than any other? Well, look no further. Join us on an unforgettable journey to Israel Our adventure begins down in Jerusalem where we will teach on the Mount of Olives, sing at the Garden of Gethsemane, walk down through the Kidron Valley, then we'll make our way north, have a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee while visiting Joppa, Mount Carmel, baptize in the Jordan River, and so much more. Don't miss out on this incredible trip to Israel. Spaces are limited book your tour today. Visit endtime.com tour or call us at one 800 end Join us for an experience that you will never forget. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you gain peace and understanding
1: about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you
0: Welcome back to The End Time Show. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell and special guest, Dr. Robert Costa. So happy to have him here today talking about all sorts of things. We're trying to get to the truth behind a lot of things today. Bricks, FedNow, coin. It can be confusing, and we're hoping to bring clarity to that and uh, help people understand how close we are to the mark of the beast. And we're so pleased to be joined by Dr. Costa. I do want to remind you that Understand the End Time is now available. You can go to endtime.com slash U-E-T. Uh, like I said, all this stuff is confusing to some, but it's never been easier to understand. So don't be caught off guard by the mark of the beast. You know, Doug, I've called it mark of the beast proof. <laughs> yeah. If you go through understanding the end time, you're going to be mark of the beast proof. You will be, yes. If you, of course, apply it and live by it. But right. nonetheless, <laughs> uh, you you can be mark of the beast proof. Go to endtime.com slash UET and yeah. get your copy today. We left off on bricks, Doug. I know you've got a lot of questions about that. We've we've looked a lot into it. So where do we go here from yeah. now?
2: Well, I I have a couple of questions for you. One thing is, when they originally began to uh, to come into the bricks and and make these agreements and start doing this, what was the plan at that time? Like I keep hearing, this is a way to destroy the West and and move off the petrodollar. Now we see right. Russia at war with NATO and all the things that are going along with that. Is that what this was about? Tell us why they why they started the BRICS.
1: Well, I think why there's several reasons why BRICS was started. Um, one is that the uh, members of BRICS are very anti-West. Mm-hmm. And they believe that since the end of nineteen, you know, the end of nineteen forty-five, in forty-four we had the Bretton Woods um, agreements, which basically established a world trade centered around the U.S. dollar. And they think that the U.S. dollar puts them at a disadvantage uh, because it keeps wealthy nations wealthy and it keeps impoverished nations impoverished. Uh, This is also because in 1974, Saudi Arabia and OPEC nations agreed, in exchange for U.S. security, that world uh, oil would be sold, at least through the uh, OPEC nations, Saudi Arabia being chiefest amongst them, Um, would be sold in U.S. dollars. And what that literally means for us as an economy is that Saudi Arabia is going to require everybody that purchases oil from them starting in 1974 to do the transaction in U.S. dollars, which means that they have to get their currency into US dollars to be able to purchase the oil. Mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia then turned around and said, We will invest our oil profits in US treasuries. And US treasuries is really important because our government does something that we can't do as individuals or businesses or churches or nonprofits. That is, they can spend more money than they have and simply print the difference. Well, they don't literally print dollars to make up our trillions of dollars of deficit. What they do is they issue U.S. treasuries. Well, all the oil money coming from Saudi Arabia and the OPEC nations, after being transacted in U.S. dollars... We're dedicated to purchasing treasuries uh, as part of what is called the petrodollar. In addition, China has been buying, you know, historically a lot of our debt. And we have a great trade imbalance with China, which is one of the chief members of BRICS. So you can see a perfect storm in world economics building uh, under this scenario.
0: Yeah. Does this lead us, uh, I guess, kind of back to the gold standard? Is, is that really in play here?
1: Well, here's the irony. Um, in 1971, Nixon took us off the gold standard which means that our US dollar is backed by no hard assets by no commodities it is backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government or through the treasury the United States treasury um ironically BRICS Russia called uh Vladimir Putin called chairman G after the fall of, I believe it was Lehman Brothers in 2008. And basically, China and Russia have been buying gold. Now, one of the big uh, criticisms of the possibility of a BRICS central currency has been you've got a number of weak economies that are coming together. You know, they're not going to create a strong company uh, economy by merging weak Currencies, but the reality is: think about this for a minute. China would like the yuan to be the new petrodollar. Mm-hmm. Okay, they are buying massive gold reserves. China does not uh, announce when they're buying gold reserves, but in 2019, China announced that they had 2,010. Um. I don't know if it was million tons or um, uh, of gold, of hard gold. Russia has been buying gold at record levels. Saudi Arabia, which is going to become part of BRICS on January 1st, 2024, is uh, got their currency backed by um, their oil reserves. And then you've got Um, The United Arab Emirates that is joining BRICS on January 1st, their currency is backed by their oil reserves. So here's the irony. The U.S. dollar is backed by nothing but the full faith and credit of the United States Treasury since 1971. Mm. The dollar has lost roughly 82% of its purchasing power in that same time frame and here we have BRICS nations coming together and the one is increasingly being backed by gold. Russia is trying to shore up their currency with gold. Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, their currency is backed by the commodity of oil. Argentina, which will be a member of BRICS, January 1st, 2024, also has oil. Egypt, which will be a member January 1st, 2024, also oil reserves. So the irony is that the West has criticized the stability of BRICS to bring forward a competing currency to the United States dollar But the irony is a lot of their members are working or have already backed their currency with commodities and hard assets, and ours is backed by nothing.
2: (laughs) Mm. So it's it's a recipe for disaster. It really is. Could you see this leading to a major war?
1: I would argue it kind of already has. Um, (laughs) I think the war in Ukraine with Putin, Mm -hmm. um, I think there's other motivations there. I I think it's more than, and I'm speculating here to a certain degree, but I believe that Putin wants the resources of Ukraine, a massive amount of uh, that region of the world's uh, wheat. And other grains Mm -hmm. comes from Ukraine. Ukraine has oil. They have other natural resources. Russia is desperate, I think, to seize some of those resources and has already made indications that if they're successful with Ukraine, they may look at NATO members, which if our agreements with NATO hold plunges us into World War III. Yeah.
2: Wow. Hmm. Well, that's fascinating. (laughs) That in in and of itself right there is so much information that I needed to hear because I was telling the caller the other day that this is something I really needed to study out. They had asked me a question about BRICS. And so there you go, folks. There's uh, a (laughs) full-throttle... right there on the bricks.
0: Now, Dr. Costa, on, on bricks, um, what is the, I guess, why has it become such a hot topic lately? Uh, you mentioned that it formed in 2010, and then it just seems like over the last month, it has really scaled up, and so many people are talking about it.
1: Well, it's interesting you mentioned the last month, because in August, the we're in the last day of August, so this month, was the 15th annual BRIC summit. And it was originally supposed to be the topic of conversation. They have a sort of a broad topic of conversation every year. And some of the topics of conversation have been fascinating. In 2013, they agreed to uh, establish a global financial institution which would be an alternative to the IMF and the World Bank, which they see as basically a U.S. puppet. In 2014, they actually created the bank with $100 billion of funding and a reserve currency pool of an additional $100 billion. And you can look it up. It's called the New Development Bank. It's commonly referred to as the BRICS Bank. But it's actually called the New Development Bank, and it was seeded with 200 billion-plus dollars, primarily from China, and it is intentionally targeting the IMF and the World Bank. Well, now that they have a bank, they have a a merchant system, the next logical step is a currency. And that was their announced topic. Uh, Russia sort of let that leak in June or July of this year, and that was supposed to be the topic. But India said, we're not quite ready for that. So what we would like to talk about is new members. So they agreed in August of this year, this past month, they agreed to admit uh, applicants that were in the pipeline. So these are nations that have applied And as of January 1st, they've already been approved this month. Argentina, Egypt, Ethiopia, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates will be part of BRICS. Now, what's interesting is the chairmanship of BRICS changes every year to one of their original nations. Next year, the chairman is Vladimir Putin. (laughs) The location of the BRICS meeting is Russia, and the topic is the establishment of a BRICS currency. So they're resurrecting that for next year's meeting, Mm -hmm. again being pushed by uh, Putin and Russia. That was supposed to be the topic this year. Wow. But, uh, I mean, think about it. They've got their own bank. They've got now... I forget how many member nations they have now. It's like 18 or 19 and they have a uh, a processing system. They're already buying oil in various countries of uh or various currencies of the BRIC nations as opposed to US dollars and um now they're ready to roll out a uh, a currency, and think about this: when Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates joins BRICS, they will go from twenty percent of the world's oil reserves to forty-two percent <laughs> of the world's oil reserves on January first. So I think the petrodollar is in deep jeopardy.
0: Mm-hmm. Is it going to fall? Entirely?
1: I, you know, it's anybody's guess, but let's look at the reality. The petrodollar was established in 74 with an agreement between Saudi Arabia and the OPEC countries in the U.S., it was designed to prop up U.S. currency, which Nixon had destabilized by taking it off the gold standard in 71. It propped up our dollar value and our economy because not only was oil transacted in U.S. currency, but Saudi Arabia was putting their oil profits in treasuries. But since 1974... Let's look at the countries that have already cut deals with Saudi Arabia.
0: Well, let me stop you there because we're coming up on a break here. Okay. And we need to save that list for the other side of the break. Doug, I also think it might be time, based off of what he just shared with us, to ask the question. Not for this show, but another show. Is Vladimir Putin the Antichrist? (laughs) Oh,
2: my goodness. Who
0: knows? We shall see. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800-END-TIME. That's 800-363-8463. Welcome back to The End Time Show. Vince Steagall here. Doug Norvell, special guest Dr. Robert Costa is joining us to talk about a variety of things today. We focused on BRICS. We're going to talk about FedNow, FedCoin, CBDC, all sorts of things today. And he just gave us an update about BRICS and Russia and Putin specifically. Dr. Costa, I was hoping you could repeat that because that, uh, well, before you repeat that, I need to tell everybody, be sure to share this video (laughs) Uh, give us a heart. Don't just give us a blue thumbs up, but give us that red heart. Show us how much you love it. Share the video. Comment. Uh, pose the question right before the break that we need to talk about is Vladimir Putin the Antichrist? Well, what do you think? Yes or no? Put it in the comments. But uh, this particular topic is not a hot one amongst the Facebook leaders, the YouTube leaders, all these other globalists. So when you share this video, it helps us out a lot. And by the way, go follow Dr. Costa on Twitter. His handle is Doctor Bob Costa. I don't know if you want to get into it yet, but he's planning on launching. Well, I don't. I don't know what I'm allowed to say and what I can't. He told me it was uh, <laughs> uh private information that he'll be releasing. Mm. But I don't know. I'll let him tell all that. There but you go. the only he's going to announce <laughs> it on uh, formerly Twitter, uh, now X. So go follow him at Doctor Bob Costa. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about that at all? Your uh, private media releases, yeah. <laughs> my not so private.
1: That's what I'm private. saying. Like
0: <laughs>
1: we're um, we're looking to launch. You know, one of the frustrating things for me is you have this knowledge, you have this information, and beyond talking about it or being frustrated by it, or some people are even scared by it. You know, it sort of begs the question, well, what on earth do we do? And so I would, it's an ambitious goal, but I would like to try and create a weekly blog that basically takes some of this information about the world economy and basically says, what can we do? What can we do to insulate ourselves? to protect ourselves, to position ourselves and our families to prosper in the midst of difficult and challenging times. Mm. Of course, our faith in God is paramount during dark days and challenging times, but I've always believed that you do what you can do and God will do what you can't do. So we're going to try and answer the question What can we do?
2: That is so needed, especially right now, because we get those questions all the time, and we have to tell people, "Look, we're not financial advisors; we can't tell you what to do. Uh, You know, we can just tell you what the Bible tells us we need to do as Christians." Uh, So that is something that's very needed. I get those questions all the time, and I hate that I can't give them a a solid uh, answer. That's also a biblical answer. You know, it kind of goes hand in hand there, and uh, and we know. You know, that that is something that maybe, I mean, man, End Time Plus exactly could use something saying, like if, if he wasn't, <laughs> yeah, If he
0: wasn't talking private, End Time Plus is a <laughs>
2: Man, I'm telling out you. Yeah. So,
0: who knows what could happen. Now, Dr. Costa, you mentioned BRICS and their yearly uh, conference, and you said something about Putin that I want to make sure everybody caught. Uh, could okay. you repeat that? That The next year's meeting is in Russia. And, sure. And all that, because that was mind blowing. And I want to make sure everybody heard that clearly. Well, the chairmanship of
1: BRICS is rotated annually amongst its primary member nations. And this year, I believe it was, um, I believe it was South Africa, but next year is Russia and Putin. And in June or July of this year, I forget which, Putin let slip that the topic of the BRICS conference was going to be the global currency. But the president of India said, we're not ready for that. So instead, the focus of the, the meeting this year was the new member nations but it was announced that the topic of next year's BRICS meeting, and usually there's a rollout, there's usually an action plan. So in other words, they don't just talk about something, they say at the end of the meeting, here's what we're doing. And so the topic next year, as announced by Russia, is going to be the BRICS currency. And it's likely to be a cryptocurrency cryptocurrency. And um, that is the topic next year. And so I think it makes some measure of sense that we can expect a rollout or a rollout announcement of a competing currency to the U.S. dollar.
0: So, Doug, on the break, we were talking about um, the dollar and, um, you know, we talk about. The seven trumpets in part of in part of our presentation on what Bible prophecy in the book mm-hmm. of revelation we believe that two of those trumpets World War one and World War Two. yeah we believe actually another trumpet is war, war World War three right that has not occurred yet
2: yeah
0: what's the tie-in to those things and the dollar situation that that we were talking about
2: on the break. Well, we we've talked about this before, uh, Doctor Costa. How before, like, Qaddafi um, in uh, I can't even think where he's from right now. My mind is going in fifteen different directions. But when Libya, Libya, when when Qaddafi moved off the petrodollar, dollar, when he went to the gold standard, we attacked Libya and and killed Qaddafi. Right. Uh, and then whenever right. uh, Saddam Hussein had moved to the gold standard, we attacked Saddam Hussein and and took him out of power. So when I see these things, knowing that this war is looming in in the horizon and it's in prophecy, and I see the nations, these very strong uh, nuclear-powered nations, Russia and China both, uh, and we know that it's it's going to that war says it's going to kill one third of mankind. So we believe that war will go nuclear. We we believe that's how it's going to kill folks. I'm sorry. Nuclear. It's going to go yeah. nuclear. Well, I have to get got a doctor my, on the my show Texas today, accent when I'm talking to a doctor. So anyway, when when this war uh, goes to that level, we know it's going to involve nuclear power. And so yeah. to see this happening and to know our history and what the United States has done, that right there, that gets my uh, my flags blowing in the wind because I'm thinking here we go Uh, this is something that could cause that conflict to happen and and so now we're bringing in even these regions that run along the Euphrates River because that's mentioned in the prophecy uh, that that's where the war will emanate is from the Euphrates River and so now we've got Iran there we've got some of these other nations that are around that area and you're going wow if they get involved in it too this could be something that causes that to happen so that's very interesting and and i wasn't even thinking that way you know two weeks ago when somebody asked me the question about bricks i was like oh they're just trying to start their own currency i don't know that much about it but now that you've kind of exposed all this i'm like wow okay i can see where this is going
1: right right it's it's so funny that you mentioned uh saddam hussein because i had it in my notes to mention that he was the first one, at least that we know of, he was the first one to do a deal for oil with uh, Saudi Arabia, and it was not in U.S. dollars, it was in euros. Mm -hmm. So Saudi Arabia violated their 74 agreement on petrodollars with Saddam Hussein, followed by Muammar Gaddafi, (laughs) who also bought oil in some currency that he created. And then Saudi Arabia is in active talks as of last year to sell China oil in the yuan because they're upset with the current administration calling them a pariah. Uh, Xi Jinping said that he will buy oil from the Gulf states in the Renminbi, South Africa said that BRICS is developing a system to get all BRIC nations off the petrodollar and get it into a fairer system of monetary exchange that they control. India has been buying oil in the rupee, and Saudi Arabia, their finance minister, just was quoted on Bloomberg TV by saying there are no issues with discussing how we settle our trade arrangements, whether it is in the U.S. dollar, the euro, or the Saudi real. So basically, the petrodollar is pretty much dead.
2: Wow. Well, just this month, uh, the United States did the largest training uh, exercise that they had ever done. And it included every ship, every plane, everything that we had. And they stretched it out globally. It was There were ships off of every major coast in the world. And people were saying, what in the world are they doing? And they were testing to see how their communications worked, how fast they could move to areas that they might need to move to. And people were saying, it's almost as if we're getting ready for a world war. And now, hearing this in the nations that want to join into it, I'm going, wow, maybe that was a run-through to see, okay, if we are stretched like this, how can we do this? And man, it's this is very eye-opening <laughs> so very interesting.
0: Dr. Costa, uh, I know you're very familiar with um, the policies of our nation, um, President Joe Biden. If he's reelected, what does BRICS and the dollar look like versus if it were Donald Trump or some other person that's uh, I guess from the republican party how how does that how do we compare the two and see what might happen in the future?
1: Well, this is purely speculation and conjecture on my part, but I think it's safe to say that the world is not very intimidated by our current president, and uh they don't see him as a credible threat or a serious force to be reckoned with. I mean, think about this for a minute. China sends spy balloons over known military installations. And we wait until they zigzag across all our most sensitive uh, military and nuclear sites. And we probably wouldn't have done anything had there not been public outcry on TikTok and Twitter and people with cell phones, and then we shoot them down over the Atlantic Ocean only after they've gone completely across our nation, transmitting back in real time to China. I, I have to believe that the Chinese authorities couldn't believe they got away with that. I mean, you know, they they had to be as stunned as I was, and then we, <laughs> in response to the joint Russia and China exercises, we send four naval ships to Taiwanese waters to do a show of strength and military exercises, and the Chinese send fourteen ships sitting right beside us observing everything we're doing doesn't sound like they were terribly, ter- you know, <laughs> intimidated.
2: Not at all. So
1: I, I, you know, love him, hate him. I'm not trying to make a political statement, but I think that a personality like Donald Trump or, or a strong personality, it could be anybody, is much more threatening especially when it's backed by examples of
0: force, than what we're currently doing in this present time. We'll talk more about that on the other side of the break. As you can tell, he's more of an expert than just finances, so don't go anywhere. You won't want to miss it.
4: Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times... Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you.
0: Welcome back to The End Time Show. Vince here with Doug Norvell and special guest, Dr. Robert Costa. He is a financial expert, but he's very knowledgeable in almost anything you want to talk about. He and I have spent hours on the phone together talking about <laughs> things you probably would never imagine. So uh, it's an honor to have him with us on the show today. You can follow him on Twitter at Dr. Bob Costa. Um, he is planning to release some secret media <laughs> Uh, th- he he was going to make it private, where it's just not out there for anyone. So if you want to know more about those releases, he's going to make an announcement on X, formerly Twitter. So go follow him on at Doctor Bob Costa. All right, Doug, we're talking yeah. on the break. I we're not going to be able to cover Fed now as thoroughly mm-hmm. as we want to. We're not going to be able to cover Fed coin as thoroughly as we want to. Right. What's a CBDC? We're not going to be able to get into all that because. The conversation on bricks and more has been uh, unbelievably mind-blowing in so many ways. So yeah. where
2: are we going from here? Well, here's the thing. And
0: and, and with the hopes that he's yeah. willing to come back we, on.
2: We would like to ask you if you would come back on another day and we can talk about these other topics. Because but
0: we'll ask him privately so he can't yeah, say Because you, so you you you've can say blown no our if mind
2: to. today. You really have no, blown our that's, mind. That's
0: fine. My... Uh
1: just between the three of us and <laughs> my my not so secret blog, and uh, no, I'd be happy to come back on because Fed Now is a really important topic. I, I don't know if we'll have any time to cover it today, yeah. but it really warrants uh, a significant discussion because, unlike Fed Coin, so Fed Coin is not a reality yet. The Federal Reserve has put out some guidance on the framework of what Fed coin would look like, which is basically an answer to cryptocurrency and whatever the BRICS nations come out with. Um, So I think Fed coin warrants some discussion, Mm -hmm. but it's not a reality yet. However, Fed now went live January or July 31st. 2023, and 131 of our nation's largest banks are already actively processing your banking transactions on FedNow.
0: And FedNow is a product of the Federal Reserve, right? That is correct. My, my, my. Mm. Well, that's just a teaser. We need to dive into that and figure it out.
2: Yeah, Uh, absolutely.
0: Where are we going from here, Doug?
2: Well, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to talk about um, what we can leave people with a little hope today because we've talked about some things that might have people kind of up in arms. You kind of touched on uh, that's what your blog is going to be about, trying to help people. What can you share with us today for our listeners that can help them kind of have an idea of what they might need to do?
1: Well, I don't want to steal too much thunder from what we're going to try and accomplish on the blog Mm -hmm. because... These, these monetary policies, let's face it, they are so far reaching. It is going to be impossible to insulate yourself a hundred percent from all of them. They're just, they're just too far reaching. So point number one is we need to have faith in God Mm -hmm. and we have to live by faith. If he can feed a prophet in time of famine, through a raven. I don't know what creative um, you know, mechanisms he might use to bless us and keep it, us as his children in difficult times. Mm-hmm. And without that faith, I wouldn't want to face any of these things personally. Mm-hmm. But concrete and practical things that your listeners might consider, you know, China and Russia are going big towards gold. There are other nations that are looking at gold to back up their world currency. I think that gold historically and I'm, I I don't own any gold you know or silver business. I'm not a spokesperson for any of them, but I do think that precious metals uh, preserve wealth currently. So in other words, they help you maintain your purchasing power. And furthermore, I think that since China and Russia, uh, amongst other nations, are looking to gold to stabilize their currencies and and as an alternative to treasuries, I don't think it's unreasonable that in the coming years that there will be a, you know, tremendous price pressure on precious metals. So I think even though it's not historically been a great investment, I think, you know, prices have pressure to rise potentially. I, I believe that because our cash is devaluing so quickly and there's such pressure on cash and when we get into Fed now, We're going to talk about the, uh, for lack of a better term, spying opportunities Mm -hmm. that a cryptocurrency or uh, a a, uh, electronic um, uh, transaction uh, system like FedNow creates. um, I think that we ought to be looking more towards hard assets, so... I I think that people ought to be getting out of cash. Cash has been king up till now, but with inflation, we're rapidly losing purchasing power. And I would like your listeners to consider reallocating their cash reserves into income-producing assets. Okay.
2: Let me ask you this, because when people think of uh, investing in gold, I know some people, I know people who have like gold coins that they have. They got them stored away in their house and things like that. But when we're talking about doing that, is that what we're doing? Are we purchasing gold and they're going to send us gold for the dollar we're giving them? Or is it going into an account and it's just going to set in an account? And when we need it, that's how they'll give it to you is if you needed to take, you know, a, a couple thousand out, they'll give you a couple thousand in gold. How does that work? Well,
1: you can do it either way. You can buy physical gold and silver,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. or uh, you can buy reserve shares. And what that basically is, is a reputable company will sell you gold. They'll put it in a depository. And then, you know, you have the right to inspect, you know, make sure that you're dealing with legitimate companies but you can buy gold on paper and not take physical possession of it or you could buy shares in a company that is is a gold company but think about this if you're worried about the collapse of transactional systems if you're worried about if you're skeptical about you know the proverbial big brother watching you do you really want to create uh, electronic transactions mm. that can be monitored and, you know, intercepted, hacked, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? So a I think point. that your listeners that are serious about gold might consider, even though there's downsides to it, they might consider getting a little bit of physical precious metals. You have to take into account storage and security and things of that nature. But um, I think that possibly you might have a certain amount of precious metals on hand for barter or trade, or even just as a store of wealth. And then you might have paper investments with larger sums, whether it's in gold or stocks or or other financial commodities. But be aware that that has a risk, obviously.
2: Right. Now, Dr. Mm.
0: Costa, I've known you for a long time. You're a lot more than a financial expert and a CPA and so forth. (laughs) Um, You mentioned it briefly that we need to have faith in God. And we're talking about the potential of things going very poorly in our country and even around the world. what do you tell people when they, you've actually, I know you've led um, Understanding the End Time classes before. What do you tell people when they just ask you, like, how are we going to navigate those times? Because, you know, when I start thinking about, um, you know, my children and even you know family and friends going through tremendous hardship, I'm like, how can I help them? How can I help me? And, of course, we focus a lot on being prepared spiritually here, and I know you do as well. Um, what do you tell people when they ask you questions like that?
1: Well, obviously, spiritual preparedness is paramount because we, all three of us know, as I suspect the vast majority of your listeners know, that one day we're going to stand before God and we want to be prepared for that eventuality and we want Him to say, well done, as opposed to the alternative. But The fact of the matter is there are times uh, here and now for a lot of people, and I don't want to minimize that, and there are probably, should the Lord tarry, there are hard times coming. And I think we do people a disservice by implying that living for God and having faith in Jesus Christ is somehow a panacea or an escape from hard times because it rains on the just and the unjust alike. But the fact of the matter is, would you rather go through hard times with a loving God protecting you and caring for you? He said he wouldn't let us go through anything more than we're able to bear. So would you rather go through hard times with God or without God? Because I think hard times are inevitable for the vast majority of us. And I know that may be less than a satisfying answer to some people. But I don't want to lie and say, hey, you know, you come to God and everything's going to come up roses. You, Jesus said in this life you will have tribulation. That's what makes us hope to go to heaven. But I would rather go through difficult times knowing that God is behind me, that God is with me, that God is around me, and he is able to make a way when there is no way, than to go through life without that
0: hope. Amen. Absolutely. You've got one minute. What last words would you leave with everyone? (laughs) Well, I just want to thank the two of you very
1: much for allowing me to come on End Time and uh, I would encourage your listeners uh, number one to if you want to know more about a relationship with Christ and connecting with a local church, be be certain to call end time or email end time or tweet end time or whatever they call it now with X but uh, connect with end time and let them, connect you not only to a deeper faith but a local church and if you would like to follow some of the things that we're working on, you can follow me on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Dr. DrBobCosta C-O-S-T-A and thanks again for letting me come on the show
0: and God bless it's you and End Time and the End entire time. End Time family. It's our pleasure, can't wait to have you back, talk more about all these other things we didn't get to, so Thank you, Dr. Costa. Be sure to follow him on Twitter. And if you want your life to be transformed like the disciples described it, like Dr. Costa was just talking about, you need to be reborn. You need to be ready for the great reset that Jesus is going to establish. So be sure to go to endtime.com slash reborn to make sure you know what it means to be born again. And don't forget to go to watch.endtime.com and endtime.com participated in thousands of hours of free content made available by our incredible partners now let me tell you, you don't want to miss tomorrow's show Dave is coming back from an interview with Jim Baker and he's fired up about it, but be sure you're here tomorrow at 3pm Central Time, see you there